welcome to this civil service edition of Studio Abroad in Greece. So this episode effectively reaps out all perspectives possible on modern Greece, whilst also diving into comparisons with ancient Greece in regards to politics, sexual relations, respect for women, even architecture and art, and whether they associate with their Greek industry or want to separate themselves from it. So the ancient and modern Greece comparisons are so interesting because ancient Greece is seen as a bedrock of Western civilization, the foundation of democracy, and it used to be so far forward in progression, and now it's so far back in progression. In this episode, less it's less interviews than my usual episodes and more recorded conversations, with consent, of obviously. Um, it includes British students and workers, one of which studied classics, then some Greek students in Athens and a working class man in Greece. So this is very different from my previous episodes, but, you know, the world is my studio and I cannot be inhibited to any British interviews. I apologise for some of the acoustics because they are a bit off. from Sifnos today in this stunning and dramatic land and um, I really feel now we're in modern Greece and you get a real taste of the culture and even though it's sort of a dead history I still feel very much alive and I still feel the naval battles surrounding me and it, it really brings to life all this amazing history. In fact I have a friend with me, Ottiline, who I'm staying with and she is a big fan of Mycenaean ruins. She's going to be taking me to a museum tomorrow so we'll be doing some live recording from that but just for now I think I just would like a tiny little insight into what Oseline thinks about Greece. So I have a very close relationship to Greece because I have been coming here since I was a baby and so to me it's very much a land of nostalgia and nostalgia comes from the Greek actually nos <laughs> nostos meaning homecoming is that so? I did not know that, but lovely to know that. That exactly, Greek just comes into every part of modern life and the world that we live in now. And also when you're in a place like this, which is a particularly stunning part of Greece and in the island by the sea, that it is such a mystical and mythical land. Like You see why there's evidence of such an incredible civilization still alive today because it is such an just incredible place in itself. It's the land of milk and honey. I mean, obviously it's going through some dire um, economic crises for, for, sorry, this this century. And I don't know, modern day Greece has just struggled a lot, I think. It still nevertheless shines through. It just battles on. It's Next, we talked to Celeste, the classicist, who has curbed her way into some pretty spicy information about Greek sexuality. Like, old Greek couples have more sex than any other European older couples. It's, it's such a stigma against the older women that they lose their sexuality after menopause, but fantastic yeah, the Greeks to push past that. No, 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 the, the, the Greeks are all into it. And, you know, so this, this uh, very, um, this kind of spiritual guru lady that I'm hanging out with, you know, she's, um, 
She says that the Greeks, they're just so in touch with their sensuality, you know, and that's, uh, that's why. And, and it just never goes away. They've got another, they've got something that we don't, you know. And that's why, like, I think we should try and make love to more Greek men. So I wonder why they are so in touch with their sensual side. They're actually really one of the lowest rape and sexual assaults rates in the EU is, is Greece. So what is it? They, they're doing something good in their sex education. Like, I don't know what... It, and it's also interesting because, like, they're a very religious country as well. And, you know, and quite conservative with, um, you know, male-female relations, I've noticed. But despite that, you know, if you think of another kind of religious, like, say, Catholic country like Italy, you know, they've still got really high rates of, like, say, rape and things like that, which is, which is terrible. So what is Greece doing right in their sexual education where men can, think about and res- respect women. boundaries? Yeah. yeah. Celeste and I, a couple of years ago, met this lovely, lovely refugee in Athens who was about our age at the time, we were like 17 or whatever. He was telling us all about him losing his virginity in Greece to this Greek volunteer, I think. He was so open about it. He was like, I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know what to do, but she taught me everything. <laughs> she taught me everything. And he was gorgeous as well. We can learn something from the Greeks. I think that's, that, that's the takeaway here, is that we need to learn about sex from the Greeks. In all previous sexual experiences I've had in England... Anonymous, this is anonymous. Horrific compared to my sexual experiences I've had in Greece. Interesting. I get yeah. no no it was shocking actually. Really? Wait, what's sexual experience? Can you just um can No, you I'm, just, not like, gonna, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pin down into that. I'm not gonna go anonymous. Are, are we talking solely this year though? No, no, my my whole occasion? life. My whole life. And they cl- they clearly have a fantastic sex education scheme, which is surprising. This sex yeah. education scheme, like, is it in schools? Is it in families? What are they doing? Like, I, we need to get some Greeks in there yeah. on this conversation. Boys. <laughs> is it anything to do with the history? I mean, they didn't exactly have a healthy sexual um, education system in ancient Athens. Women, women were effectively like children. And actually, they were so... Right slaves and and also like so sexually active like the women in Athens people people thought they were gagging for sex the whole time like the women needs to be kept inside because otherwise they would just shag everyone they also thought that um if there was any kind of ailment you know health wise that the um the way for a woman to get better was to go off and get pregnant because they believed that if you had some kind of ailment it's because your womb had gone walk about in your body and to get it back in its right place you just had to get pregnant Honestly, I met, they say medicine's advanced. And they, they always used to have the Fesmophii, which was a, a festival Demeter. And they used to sit on special herbs to try to reduce their sexual excitement. So just like to, so that they could be kept, you know, in their, keep it in their pants. They'd have to go to a festival and everyone would sit on these herbs and then, and then um, pray to Demeter and Persephone for the seasons. And then... I, was, I was actually going to mention on the topic of... Um, gynecological kind of advances and uh, the classical world Um, it's interesting that the Roman gynecological instruments for examining the vagina etc actually look almost identical to the ones that we still use today which is slightly terrifying also really impressive from the romans to have that advance thinking about the instruments that they use like to look at your vagina basically and like you know prize it apart and stuff like that examine it yeah maybe they use those tools in the gynecologists in artemonus 
Maybe. Have you seen probably. that? No. Have you? When have you visited? I haven't. Uh, we Artemis walked. We were walking village. through the old town. This is a local Artemis. village. Artemis. It's the old Only town. See, I'm racking my brains here of where gyno comes from. Celeste, what's the Greek word? I don't know. Surely it's, it's a Greek word. Enough. Slap on wrist for not remembering this. This is gyno meaning woman and logia meaning study. So study of women is gynecology. And yes, it is Greek. So at this point, we see some men loitering on the rock. So I approach them and ask them to gain their perspectives on ancient, ancient well, predominantly modern Greece. And they provide some fantastic information and it doesn't stop there oh no because lula invites them to quite a massive massive um we're having a party tonight so we live up here really yeah, you want to come you guys perfect what should we bring grab a bottle of water and here's some idle chatter no, we come, no, to, we come we here every year Okay. Since yeah. we were, Since we were like babies. For like 20 oh, years. Perfect. We don't speak any Greek, which is really embarrassing. But after a couple of mythos. Where are they? we're doing a podcast. Somehow. We're starting at the podcast. Well, do you want to take a seat then? So, George, let's start with you, George. Yes. Do you think that. To you had a better political system in ancient Athens than now? Uh, the persons that were in the system were better than now, yes, but I don't think the system was better yeah. because of everything around it, like women weren't allowed in political at all and this everything is true, like that. Yeah. Is, you, is that. Would you say there is gender equality in, in modern Greece today? Uh, yes, kind, kind of. The, the one that exists all around the world. It's not that women are equal, but we're going there. There are laws and everything to make, like, to say they're equal, but there are people around the world who don't think so. So, yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, no, the, the system in ancient Athens, effectively, like Aristotle said that women were effectively slaves and like children and should be kept in the home, like the Hestia and the men should make all the decisions in the democracy. So that has, that's, I'd say that's one of the major changes. What, what would you say is the other major change? In Greens, people were looking um, for the future of the, of the people in total. Mm -hmm. Right now, everything is looking for themselves, how to gain uh, power and money. That's why Greece is not go moving forward and uh, staying here or maybe backwards going. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, George. I'm no gonna, problem. I'm going to move on. Okay, so we're going to ask this next. What's, what's your name? I'm Lefteris. Uh, I'm studying at the uh, Technical University of Athens. Are you studying math? I get the impression from speaking to uh, most people that I meet in Athens that you're going, like very angry at the system in place. Is that correct? It depends actually on the person. Uh, most of people are. Yeah. Do you know why, why that is? Is it because the government is so corrupt? Well, actually I think the problem is that uh, the previous years, I mean like 15 years ago, the government used to be like really corrupt. Yeah. So uh, the problems that uh, developed then are really difficult to be solved now. Yeah, like in the 2008 great like, financial crisis. Yes, exactly. That's where the problem began, but actually the problem existed since like uh, 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of money were spent, and like for, for no reason actually. Uh, people uh, earned a lot of money uh, for no reason, 
uh, and then they squandered it. Yeah, mo mo most of people wanted like to get a job, to work for mm. uh, the government so that they can get paid and not yeah. work. That led to the financial crisis in 2008. Mm. Yeah, so the government that existed in 2004, 2005, which was actually the best, uh, let's say, financial-wise uh, mm. time uh, for Greece. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the problem that existed then and uh, 2008 uh, can't be resolved until yeah, so, now. So Greece, out of out of the whole of Europe, was most most dramatically affected by the financial crisis. The World War II, there was German occupation in Greece, and there was a lot of resistance back. Do you, do you still feel resentment? as a modern Athenian towards Germany? Uh, I never felt resentment towards Germany, actually. Most of people did. The agreements that we had to make with mm. Germany, yeah. so, that we, so that we could be in Europe and uh, have a steady position there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a lot of people lost their jobs then, and it was like uh, a lot of people uh, used to live in the street. Yeah. So. That, that's why there is resentment. But there, st out. there are still slums in Greece, well, especially in yes. like migrant camps. Yeah, of course. Uh, there are still Greeks that have resentment towards Germany. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of people in this country don't actually know what the problem is, or okay, they don't, yeah. or they don't want to accept it. Yeah. That's that's what I personally think. Yeah. So that that's why uh, it, as I say, it is easier not take the blame mm -hmm. for yourself and put. Yeah. Actually, you were saying that before the financial crisis, there was a huge squandering of money, and like, and the distribution of wealth created this huge gap. And do you do you remember there was this pool tax evasion? So the wealthier class was supposed to pay really high taxes for their pools, but they were covered by certain like stone things, which meant that even when drones came over the pools, that people couldn't notice people at pools and tax evasion in Greece. Where the, there were several of these occasions, uh, yeah. there were yeah uh, that happened a lot. But uh, I think that there's still uh, still tax evasion exists. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah that's what I can say. Yeah, well, uh, the difference is that then mm. the government protected the let's say the wealthy people. Yeah, but now they don't. Mm -hmm. um, well, that's very positive. Yeah, that's that's positive. But uh, the wealthy people now just transferred their money into a different country. That's the difference. Yeah. Thank you so much. Move on. I'm going to move on to George. That's tell. Um, can you tell the audience what you study? I study architecture in Athens. Yeah. And do you enjoy it? I enjoy it like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Really. They had recently that. The police are now allowed to enter university premises. Yeah, they were not allowed to enter any university, yeah. any public university. In uh, private universities, they're allowed to yeah. do whatever, uh, if the management agrees. Yeah. In public universities, it was like um, we had this law. Mm -hmm. In free translation, it's mm -hmm. the asylum. Yeah. Where you go in and no one can hurt you Yeah. from the government. You're protected. Not police, not politicians, anyone. But this caused a lot of problems with like uh, protesters. Mm -hmm. They were uh, destroying places, burning places mm. to protest at uh, Exarchia mostly, yeah. where the architecture school is based. Mm -hmm. And uh, then to avoid any problems, they were going in the university, either they were studying there or not. Yeah. They, uh, that's the way they like. That's got away from the yeah. police, and uh, a had, lot. This, this was a safe space for students. 
and now yeah, it's but and now there, it's no there longer was a, a huge drug problem. The Athens system can't necessarily afford police, is what is what I've read. But yeah, I could yeah, I could yeah. be I could be incorrect. But now that the police are are on the streets, would you say it's a safer place in Athens? Of course, it's a safer place. If you like went uh, downtown Athens like two years ago, yeah, uh, there was a huge problem. We, yeah, about this law, this this law. Mm. Now, the police is everywhere downtown. Yeah. There is no problem, not that big of a problem with yeah. uh, drug trafficking mm -hmm. or... Gun crime was rife in Athens. Well, okay. In 2015 it was... Yeah. There was a problem with uh, police violence, everything started yeah. there. They killed a young boy mm. and then the whole city was burning for like a month. Yeah. Is, is your university very international? Yeah, we have international students. Yeah, would you? Are there many refugees who are at university? There are not like that many. Yeah. But there are, and they're doing like a team program. And, you know. How does it make you feel about the vast migrant problem at the moment in in Athens? Does it make you feel like you're happy to be accommodating their needs, or does it make you there? There's such a lack of jobs and money in in Greece anyway that it's... There is a lack of jobs and money, but with the migration problem, you don't like feel it a lot in, uh, in Athens. It's mm. more on the islands. Oh, I see. Like near I Turkey. See. Yeah, of course. They with sent them there. The, the, the hat was like... Everything happened so quick. Mm -hmm. And the people there didn't have like the amount of money to like to accommodate, uh, accommodate the refugees. Yeah. Uh, no one was ready for that. Mm -hmm. And they started... The refugees started uh, started doing riots and yeah. they did not accept uh, food because yeah. we eat a lot of pork here. Yeah, I know. They're no, Muslim. There's they a don't. huge religious culture yeah. clash. There are some Muslims there in Greece, but there's, they're almost not even known about because they live in very separate areas yeah. of Greece, exactly. like in Crete. Exactly. But anyway, we've. I think just quickly, if possible, I'm going to move on from modern Greece to a bit of ancient Greece because mm -hmm. you said that you were... Would you say that your architecture is influenced by the works of ancient Greece? Mm -hmm. uh, look, the architecture of uh, ancient Greece like inspired the Roman architecture. Yeah. Which the Roman architecture inspired the modern Italian... The Renaissance period, yeah. Exactly, architecture. And then came the Baroque era. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it all started with like... Um, Architecture like uh, the Parthenon. Yeah. That is where a you see these of incredible uh, triangle shapes. Yeah. All and the, the Parthenon frieze as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So I think there's a huge influence everywhere in Europe mm. from Greek architecture. That's the good. marble aesthetic, mm. the clean white, uh, the straight lines. Yeah. No organic shapes. Mm. Nowhere. Yeah, and, it, and it's un undeniably beautiful architecture. And just thinking the Roman Empire, and which was influenced by the Greek architecture, conquered everywhere. Like, there's, there's, you're, you're not going to go anywhere in Europe where you're not going to find some lovely Roman ruins. You, know? you must feel so cool being in the very epicenter of the birthplace of architecture. We were. Yeah. In the birth. In Absolutely. The, in the, well, now we're not. But uh, there's still the influence. Yeah, there's still the... Um, the little thing, for example, have you been downtown in Athens? No. There are a lot of ruins. Uh, the Acropolis Museum has a lot of stuff to yeah, yeah. go and study architecture, mm. the sculptures. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for, for being on my podcast. It means a lot.
and um, I've learned so much. So thank you. Thank you. Any final words? Yeah, I was listening to all of that and found it very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I honestly did not expect to stumble across such vessels of knowledge and such natural vocals for the for recording as well. We even then spent the whole night together, you know, drinking ouzo, chatting breeze. They welcomed us with Xenia, which means hospitality in Greek. Uh, she taught us a language, well, some of it, just like the ancient Greeks would have done to passing by Persians or Egyptians with Xenia and hospitality. We even managed to clear up some serious language barrier issues. We established the differences in our language, in intensity and pace, and you know we mocked each other in that regard. And finally, I interview a lovely French man called Alex, who works in Athens, has worked there for about four years, to gain his opinions on mainly Greek history. He's originally from Bordeaux and currently residing in Athens with his family. And we're just going to ask him a few questions on the way to the ice cream shop. So the first thing I'd like to ask you, Alex, what strikes you the most in regards to how they view their history? Something that was quite surprising to me is the way they are constantly referring to negative events from their history. Uh, celebrating defeats uh, while um, most countries will uh, intentionally yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. forget any defeat. For instance, um, the the flag has four blue lines, uh, which refer to the four centuries during which uh, Greece has been ruled by Ottoman uh, Empire. Yeah. The same uh, same references in the dress of the militaries. They, they dress in the, the official uniform, they have a dress with uh, 400 folds, which again refer to the 400 years of occupation. Yeah, yeah so, so Alex and I were discussing that like, during the times of Pericles from the Byzantine Empire up until Christianity took over, it was one of the most thriving empires in the world, but it was the, the foundation of our Western civilization. It just became occupied by so many oppressing forces like the Ottoman Empire, and now, even in its, even in its quite horrendous financial system, some people could say that it was under the threat of Germany's financial system as well. And especially after the World War II, some Greeks still feel resentments towards Germany and and then after the financial crisis as well even what's even more striking is how they remember their national day how is their national day so the national what is day it? is called the Oshi day which means yeah. the no day uh, and which no is it uh, it's uh, when Hitler uh, during World War II asked whether he could cross the Greek territory to continue his uh, battles uh, ruler at the time of Greece said no you won't pass. And as a consequence, uh, the Nazi Germany invited Greece and they were occupied and it was a very, very a tough occupation uh, with a lot of drama. Uh, but what uh, the um, Greek will keep in mind from this time is we say no. Okay, well, then we had a hard time, but we say no. We are proud of uh, yeah. being strong enough to say no. It's surprising uh, 
to, to, to still keep celebrating events that led to not so glorious yeah, pages no, of so uh, they said, no, Germans invaded and then thousands died. And yet they still sort of relish in this pride, this like nationalist pride of being one of the countries with this severe resilience, which didn't actually work out. And actually some Greek people that I was, modern Greeks, obviously, that I was, not ancient Greeks, that I was speaking to in Sifnos recently, were so keen to separate their ancient identity um, with their new modern identity now, because there's such a cool up and coming art scene going on in Athens where like, new identities are arising out of this, out of this previous suppression into this, into this new world. How do you think the financial system is, do you think it's going to improve in the next five years? It was slowly recovering after the crisis. Uh, perspectives were that it would take 20 years, but still the slope was uh, good and uh, there was some hope. Mm. But the COVID crisis uh, yeah, brought a very severe hit to mm. this recovery. And uh, yeah, there is still a big question mark like uh, many countries in Europe. But definitely, it was a bad timing for Greece. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much, Alex. Well, thank you so much for listening. I'd also like to thank my host, Ottiline, who was also fantastic to interview and is a massive... Big fan of Steve Noz. I Jove, I wouldn't forget Giorgio. Oh, young lady. And to Left Terrace and the other George. George. Thank you very much for Celeste and Tallulah for your enticing insights into modern Greece and to Tersha Patterson, Tersha by music name, who actually created this pretty groovy track that you're about to hear. So please let me know what, what you think about this episode. I crave validation like, like most humans. And thanks very much for listening. Oh, Greek.